I read through all my notes. Listen to, got to listen to a few sermons a little bit. Like, so I got to like refresh myself with this study. You know what I mean? So I already know when we start. Yeah, when we start talking, I think I'll I'll really start feeling it again. You know. So, but all right, guys. Hey, everybody, welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. If you're watching from there, if you're watching after the fact on my podcast, welcome again. If you're watching and streaming live from my Facebook page or LinkedIn page, thank you. Uh, I'm also streaming on my Twitter page, Trouble Don't Last, and make sure to follow me on all my other social media platforms. Guys, you know the drill. If you're watching from Justin Lee's Howell's uh, YouTube channel, Chaplin Locks, go ahead and watch all his videos, comment on all his videos, share his videos, subscribe to his channel, make sure to turn on, the, click the bell to be notified anytime he uploads another video. And then same thing for me again at Upload Past Crossroads. But anyways, guys, we got a treat for you to guys. We're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to you about Revelations chapter two again. And this time around, we're going to be talking about verses uh, 22 uh, verses eight through 15 and Revelations 22. Right. So this is a continual lesson lesson in Bible study and just video series that me and Justin have been doing on Revelations chapter 22. So uh, I have a playlist on my YouTube channel title you know revelations 22 so you want to listen to all the sermons bible studies and see all the future animations i do on that you can check out that playlist on my youtube channel also this is about the eternal state so how the end times is gonna be how uh well that's not a, that's a bad way of saying it but how all eternity is gonna be when it's all said and done so this is how the end will be right so this is a accumulation i think that's the word i'm looking for it's a, a climax it's everything the reason why everything, all the history, all the Bible is the way it is, is pointing to this time period right here in the end. How's it going to be in the new earth and new heaven when that's created? All right. So let's go ahead and get to the verses and uh, read them for you guys. So uh, here goes a lesson outline just so you guys know, like, and have a good uh, visual of, uh, you know, what section is talking about what in Revelations 22 uh, verses. 8 through 15 through those verses so yeah check that out as well just pause the video and talk you know go through there but let's go ahead and get to the verses so i'm gonna go ahead and read revelations chapter 22 verses 8 to 18 dang i keep on saying it wrong verses 8 through 15 all right so let me make the screen big so everybody can see it all right and john saw these things and heard them and when i no and i john saw these things and heard them and when i had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. All right, I got to skip through there. All right, so Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter 
in through the gates into the city. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So I read Revelations chapter 22, verses 18 through, dang, verses 8 through 15. Why am I saying that wrong? Why am I butchering stuff today, Justin? All right, so let's go. I changed it up last minute, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like some stuff's off. Like, I read verse 9. It seems like it was off with 8, but let's see. <laughs> All right, so Revelations 22, verse 8. All right, and I saw, and I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. All right. So one of the things that's really confusing with Revelations 22 and with Revelations 21 is just trying to figure out who's speaking. So we're going to see that with the verses we're talking about again today. But with here, with Revelations 22, verse 8, we know exactly who's talking. It's John, obviously, right? And so John's saying that the things that he's heard and everything, he was so amazed and in awe of what he's seeing and what he's experiencing. Because, guys, we just, we talked about with Revelations 21 and with Revelations 22, that John was describing the vision that God gave him and the angel was showing him with how the, the walls of Jerusalem, how perfect they were, how they were made of jasper, and it was like glass. It was like crystal that you could see through, right? And then he saw how big the city was, how big the, the walls were. The walls were 1,400 miles long, high, wide, width, length, whatever you want to call it. Like it was a perfect square of 1,400 miles all around on every side, right? And then um, he saw that the, the, the road was paved with gold. And he saw that a lot of stuff in the city was made of gold. It was gold everywhere. So gold was common. Unlike in the days time period. So it was a lot of stuff, guys. Like so much. I'm not gonna talk about all of it. So he was amazed by all this thing, all these all these things. So it's not it's not out of the realm for him to like want to worship what he's seeing in this moment because it's so awesome, right? Like from a human perspective, especially from a holy roller perspective, somebody who's super religious, they'll look at John and be like, Why is he worshiping the angel in this moment? Like, just think about all the stuff he saw, like you know, like He's so thankful and appreciative of what he's seeing and everything he's experiencing. And he just wants to, wants to praise, right? But he wants to praise God. But that's what we do sometimes. We praise the wrong things that's in front of us, the things that God has given us, the created things. When we should be worshiping the creator. The angel's just another created thing, right? So we shouldn't take out time to worship anything that's created if it ain't the creator, right? We just need to worship God and God alone. So, Justin, I'll let you go ahead and start it off, and then I'll say other stuff with it. Yeah, and like we said so many times, this is the final chapter. It's bringing everything to a close, but at the same time, it's coming full circle. Of course, like, everything comes back to God. Like, everything, everything thank for as far as creation or the things of this earth or the things of the heaven comes from God has to remind John this as well. I'm really glad that um, Sean pointed out that uh, just being human, he is worshiping what he sees. He's worshiping this amazing heaven is more miraculous and more than he could possibly experience the full effect until we're there. So of course he's going to like fall down to his knees like Several people, when they see angels or when they see something holy or something that's like um, just naturally fall down to their knees, like that's a, a probably a very natural to see something that's eternal or immortal. 
But the angel has to remind us, no, you're not worshiping me. It's not from me. You're not worshiping the gifts you need to worship from. And, and later on in this chapter, Jesus does. Um, and we have to recognize that the, the angel is just a precursor. Jesus is going to give as the final invitation and final warning. But man, how that is as well. Like we pray for God for all, all just the carnal things. Sometimes they are things that we need. Don't get me wrong. I'm not lambasting everyone um, that they really need for their life or that they need for other people. But how often when we thing do we just like worship or, or be elated over um, um, or a car or our status? Or something like that. We put the gift above. But man, that's not what the new Jerusalem has been all about. Like when like the city, the, the uh, streets of gold and the walls of glass and the gates of pearl. Off all the nice things that we were getting. It was also to show that by, by the presence of God. Like the real heaven is the ability to live live in a direct relationship with God and Jesus again. Like, the ones that we lost all the way back in jail. So th this parallels what we commonly do um, in, in the mortal realm, the gift and not the gift. But the angel yeah. is making it very clear. Like, we, our eyes, God alone. And he, he's just preparing for Jesus' speech in the next coming verses. Get back to you. Right. And I like what in Revelation 21, 8, John said, and when I had heard and seen, so after he saw everything, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel would show me these things. Right. So I like to hit some myths that and I like to hit false quotes. So not every quote you hear is true. Not everything that Christians believe is true. So like I had some Christians tell me before and I know some Christians believe it. They say like Christians do not sin. Right. They say. Once you're saved, you'll never sin. And then I had one person tell me, once you're a Christian, you'll never fail. You'll never make a mistake. You'll never do anything wrong. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> Bold statement. And so just that, just from saying that, man, like you, this is proof right here. We're talking about the Apostle John. We ain't talking about just somebody else in the Bible. We're talking about one of the disciples one of the people who walk with Jesus. We're talking about somebody that was filled with the spirit, right? Who saved, right? Yeah. He had it all, right? So like one of my points is just because a person receives a revelation or a vision from the Lord, like John did here, right? Does that mean that they're walking in complete obedience to God, right? So <laughs> John, he's receiving a word from God, right? You know, that's what we see in this text right here. Yet he's disobeying God's word. Is it not a sin? to worship an angel, right? And not just worship an angel, bow down to it. Well, that's, that's a whole nother one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, John, yeah, John's still a recipient of this revelation, this vision from the Lord. Did God not know that John was going to do that? Or he could possibly do it, right? So, yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we're reading about all throughout the book of Revelation. Like, John's receiving visions and revelation from the Lord yeah, he did this twice. He did this twice in the book of Revelation, from what I've seen, I think. So 
yeah, another one of my main points, it goes with my first point I had. Just because someone has received something from the Lord does not mean they're unable to walk in disobedience from the Lord, right? Like, we all make mistakes. We all sin. So I'm baffled how somebody thinks they don't sin at all, which means you basically saying you never fail. You never make a mistake. You never do anything wrong. So I'm, 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 I'm amazed. John did, right? So you better than yep. John. <laughs> what I like about disciples too is man they're supposed to be the cho- be chosen by jesus himself like yeah. they spent years like under his discipleship but they still make mistakes I feel better about myself too because i man yeah. i know when i go to the new jerusalem and i need all the th- things that i did wrong it's gonna be a long time list but it makes right. me with the disciples in that sense to know that even though they spent been all this time with Jesus, they still make Yeah. All right, you ready for verse nine? Yeah. Let me share my screen again. So Revelations 22, uh, verse nine. Then said unto me, see thou do it not, for I am thou fellow servant and thy brethren, the, pro- the prophets. And of them which keep it the sayings of this book, worship God. Right. So, I, yeah, the King James version is weird with that one. Yeah. What do you have? Yeah, chapter twenty-two has been kind of weird in the King James version. Right. Do you have another version on you? Oh yeah. Let me um pull up the verse. Yeah. So um, verse to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophet, the words of this scroll. Worship God. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, yeah. It's, it's, Go ahead, Justin. I like, I, man, I like the humility. It's like, you, like the angels honestly have every right to be a little more cute. Look what happened to Lucifer and all the other one third of the angels who fell, but like that's yeah. it's all a- angel is just so humble to say that he's a fellow servant. The angel himself is like putting him in the in a servant's a servant hierarchy as well, just like, like Jesus did when he came down on earth. So I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, and my I like how you mentioned Satan, right? So Satan was that one angel that we read about in the Bible. He was an mm-hmm. angel before, and he's still an angel, right? Like, and actually, it says in the Bible that he was the best angel, I think, the, the greatest. Like, he was the most beautiful. Like, he had it all, right? And he wanted to be worshipped like God. He wanted to be God, right? And so he tried to get everyone else, even angels, to worship him, right, instead of God. And it didn't end well for him. Right. So maybe the angel who's talking to John right here has been around since the beginning with Lucifer. So he knows like we're having a Lucifer. And he's like, nah, I don't want that fate. Like, you know, or he's just like, Man, you're worshiping the wrong person. And I and what I like that he said is I'm a fellow servant like you. Mm-hmm. And that's all of our mindsets. Like none of us are better than other people. None of us are just because you got it better, you got money, or I don't care. You preach better, whatever you think that makes you better. Paul kind of said that in First Corinthians. 
Like, you need to humble yourself because that's just the grace that was given to you that was bestowed on you from God. Like, God gave it to you. He gave you everything you have. He's the reason why you have any and everything, why you think you got it going on. So we all need to humble ourselves because it can be taken away from us like that. And that's what pride does. Pride pride is the downfall of all men. Look what happened to Satan. So this angel is saying, nah, man, worship God. Because, you know, me and you, that's what we're both called to do. So at the end of the day, if that's the final thing, the, the baseline that we're all going to be doing is worshiping God, like it says in Revelation 22, I think in verse 7, I can't remember what verse it was. In verse 3, it said that uh, in Revelation 22, it said that uh, we're going to, it said that the, he, that the people, basically the redeemed people who are going to be in a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, they're going to be uh, his servants and they're going to serve him. So him is the one who's on the throne, which is God and the father. Right. So that's what we'll be doing. We're worshiping him. That's it. Right. His servants. Who are, who are his servants? The angels, the, the heavenly hosts. Right. The, the 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 redeemed that gets to be in heaven. Right. Who gets to come into the new Jerusalem. We're all his servants. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what it's all about. Serving him, pleasing him, worshiping him. And that goes back to this video. Just how I always and forever share this video that we did, man. Um, right here, this video on my YouTube channel. Uh, and it's on Justin's YouTube channel as well. It's titled Only God Will Get the Glory in the Afterlife. Right. And we were explaining this Instagram post right here. So I'm going to read it because you guys need to watch this video. Watch this video for real. This video, the uh, Post we were explaining was this post right here. Say everybody wants to be famous, but none of the celebrity stuff will exist in heaven. No VIP, no fans, no more carpets, no more red carpets, no more autographs. It's all about Jesus. In the end, it won't matter if you made it here on earth. All that will matter is if you made it in heaven. Imagine that day where we're all on the same level. The angel, an angel has a reason to be worshipped, right? You know what I mean? Because angels, I haven't seen one before, but I can only imagine. Right. Because if you got married and people like that just bowing down and in fear and in awe of an angel, like what can an angel do? There's so much miraculous feats that angels have done in the Bible. Just an angel, just one. Right. We haven't seen what two angels can do together or four. Like, you don't want to see that. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Right. I thought about that. Yeah. So, like, an angel's awesome. Right. And I, that's my question. Justin, it said that they're going to be angels going to be asking us questions, like believers questions about like, you know, oh, our time on earth and stuff like that. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it says in the Bible, but I, hear, I heard something like that. Right. So I wonder, do angels worship us, too? Or like, do they admire us? You know what I mean? Like we admire them. But I don't I don't know. So but let me finish this saying. It says all that will matter is if you made it into heaven. Imagine a day when we're all on the same level where no one can boast and everyone bows down to God. And so the verse that was used was 1 Peter 1, 24 to 25 right here. It says, all people are like grass and all glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. So only God gets the glory of God. All of our glory on earth, all the praise that we get, the hand claps, it's, 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 it's rubbish. It's rubbish, like Paul said. It's, it's vain. It means nothing. All that matters is if God's clapping his hands for you, if God is pleased with what you're doing, right? So you can be having it all good in this life, which we'll talk about in a minute. You can have it all good right now. But is God pleased with you, man? That's what really matters. So are you worshiping God in the end? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm done with that verse. Just <laughs> but yeah, I think it's um, – I'll wrap it. I'll, I have a couple of things to wrap it up. And, yeah, I think, I think – um, I think the um, 
the end of it too, just keeping the words of the scroll. I'm trying to remember what verse it was that last earlier this week. It was like seven. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was the last bit of seven. But it was like saying, "Blessed prophecy," and like the 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 angel even takes that to heart because it's like yeah, yeah, that's right. It was the last bit of seven. My bad. Oh, yeah. Different on, on <laughs> it always throws me off how I sound on video, but, but, but like, um, the angels taken to heart that verse as well because and his fellow prophets and um, itself as uh, keepers of the word. Like, man, the, the angel, if the angel knows how important, very important, so everything. Everything that John has written down, everything else in the next coming verses are so important that the angels Did you finish what you were saying? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, it like glitched or something. I don't know what Did it? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah like I told did you. I hear my... Yeah. Did I hear replay again? Uh, the the video played again uh for a second. Oh. But I don't think you heard it. I don't know if you heard it, but it's okay. Yeah, that threw me off. <laughs> yeah, my bad, man. No, 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 you're good. I gotta get better, at, like mute. Not even muting. I just gotta have my volume down on certain stuff. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Man. <laughs> a lot though, so it should be good. Right. All right. So I had Jay Don comment. Uh, she's. One of my uh, associates and friends from social media that I've met on Twitter, actually. So if y'all trying to fix your credit, make sure to check her out. She on her Facebook page. Her, she just commented on my video. So, all right. So anyway, so let's read Revelations twenty-two verse ten. And he said unto me, "Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand." So this is where the title of the final invitation starts to come, starts to reveal itself, starts to show its, itself. In Revelation 22, but it's really been saying it, right? And so, yeah, there's so much to say with Revelation 22, verse 10. So I'll, I'll let Justin start it off now. I want to pick apart that verse. Yeah, that's the last things I was saying as well. It's like we, it makes of like uh, the man who looks at the mirror and then looks away and immediately, like God and God and Jesus has warned us not to like read words away and instantly forget them. Like now, like man, John has been through such a trip. Like this book of Revelation. Like, what disrespect would it be if we like we to them? Um, like there was a lot of effort to get this. If you think about it, so turn away from these words. We need to follow these. These these are the last instructions. And it's like, don't put away these words. Don't seal these words away. Like, we don't know when the time is. Like, and time is, time is so relative as far as, like, what God's plan is. But, like, we don't, we don't know when it is. So we have to be prepared for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man, there's a lot I want to say with verse 10. So I'll just start off saying some stuff. So the angels directing John here to lead the prophecy, uh, 
to leave the book of the prophecy he was given open so that it could be read by all. That's the first thing you got to get, right? So as we read the prophecies in Revelation, it's important for us to understand it and compare the prophecy with current events, right? So here God deals freely and openly with everyone, right? And he does not allow the words of the prophecy of this book was said in Revelation 22, verse 10, where we're talking about to be sealed or closed to all mankind, right? That is so powerful, right? So why does he do that? Like, Again, we've been talking about how God speaks through creation all throughout our, my YouTube channel. Make sure to check out that playlist on Upload Past Crossroads. So we're going to talk about it. Me and Justin always talk about that. God speaking through creation. So he's speaking through how heaven is, right? So in Revelation 21, verse 25, the new heaven and new earth, the new Jerusalem is like this. It's saying the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, right? It's never shut. <laughs> that is so powerful. It's open at all times. That's the word of God right there right? For there shall be no night there. Night is where you're confused. You're lost. It's, it's dark. You you don't know how to navigate through things. Nah, is heaven going to be like that? Heck to the no. Man, it's going to be a place where everything's open. Everything's transparent. It said that the walls are transparent like glass. There's no jasper on earth that's transparent like glass. There's no gold on earth that's transparent like glass. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. That's the new heaven and new earth, the new Jerusalem. This is what it's talking about Revelation 21 and 22. One of my main points I had was God's word is open for all to read and obey. This is what Revelation 22.10 is talking about. So the angel says to John, these visions, this book, you know, what he, what John's been told to tell all the seven churches in the book of Revelations, right? He's saying that it's open. It shouldn't be sealed up. It shouldn't be marked classified. It's not, it shouldn't be locked in a box, needing the key to open it or unlock it, right? It's, it shouldn't be stored in a storage unit or a basement. It's for everyone to see. It's for everybody to read it what is to come, right? There's a reason why you need to know what is to come. We'll talk about that all throughout uh, Revelation 22, but especially in the next coming verses. Why? Because everyone will be held accountable by what is said, right? So this is beneficial. It will separate the wheat from the tear, the goats from the sheep, you know, the saved from the unsaved, the righteous from the unrighteous. This is why it doesn't need to be sealed up, right? So men who seal the book of Revelations is in defiance of God's command. And we see that here, right? So how many preachers doesn't don't avoid just forget about the book of Revelations? They're too scared to talk about the prophecies or to preach about it, right? You, you shouldn't this is verses for you. You shouldn't be sealing it up. You shouldn't be scared to talk about it. It needs to be talked about. Everything in God's word is for edification, it's for correction, it's for rebuke. Like we shouldn't be afraid to talk about any text, study any text. Why? Because you have the spirit of God in you. The spirit of God will guide you and tell you what to say, right? You shouldn't be afraid of anything in God's word, right? It needs to be said. This is why it's, it's unsealed right now. We need, to, we need to know. So why? Because the time is at hand. And history now runs parallel to the brink of the consummation of all things. This book isn't sealed, right? So yeah, a lot hasn't happened yet. So we need to read what's about to happen so we can be ready, right? Be on guard, be anticipating. Jesus is coming, right? We need to be prepared, right? So, yeah. yeah. And one thing, one of the main points in Revelation 22, verse 10 was the very last part said the time is at hand. So by leaving the prophecy open, all God is, in essence, is calling everyone to witness to the declaration made in this book because the angel continues to say, for the time is at hand. We see that a lot all throughout the book of Revelations, even in the Bible, but especially in Revelation 22. It says that the time is at hand or something like that. 
We'll talk about, I think we'll see it again in the next few verses. So in other words, the time of the fulfillment of the prophecy of this book is at hand or near. So this doesn't mean that the prophecies of Revelation will come to pass immediately, for they are still yet to be fulfilled. So all the prophecies written, you know, all the prophecies, the judgment, everything, it's, it's about to take place. Has all of it taken place? We know it hasn't, but a lot of it has. So that should give you even more confirmation that some of the stuff, you know, all of it will come to fruition. It could be in your lifetime. It could be, you know, not in your lifetime. But either way, you need to be prepared. You need to be anticipating crisis appearing. We'll be talking about that a lot. So, Justin, did you have anything else? Yeah. That's just um, everything. You, the verses that say it's going to come like a thief in the night. We don't know when it's going to pop up. We, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this before. So I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we we have very two very interesting concepts of time that God wants us to be. Is to like live in the moment. We don't want to worry about the past. We don't want to worry about the future. Just the present, and let God worry about the future. But at the same time, our spirits are very eternal. Being interesting concept of eternity. I mean, we came we came from like the immortal. So, of course, like our minds and our spirits are able to fathom that. Right. It's so we, we, we still we need to prepare ourselves for where we're going to be for the rest of our afterlives, like we for an eternal life. Like, uh, there's a good saying, like, you job is just to prepare for tomorrow, and like. That's exactly what this verse is saying. It's like we, Jesus is going to come back, but we just gotta be ready. Yeah, and like we do that with the word. We don't seal them up. Like it's explicitly stated that we need to pay attention. To, it's the ultimate guide on how to be ready. So we we can't just like um say oh well you know whatever happens. happens. No, we gotta prepare ourselves. We gotta be ready. We gotta make or break it. Yeah, make or break it. That used to be a show. <laughs> oh yeah, that should be. Makes you got that uh, Talladega Nights though with a shake and bake it though. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> bake or whatever. Right. They need to. Yeah. We can make that one of us is break. <laughs> yeah you know one thing i wanted to do was you know god's not limited to time so the words at hand the time is at hand could refer to any amount yeah. of time so either way it goes like justin and i've been saying you know we must always be ready for the return of the lord so we're gonna be honing that in a lot in this video because remember this is this is the last chapter of the bible this is the last thing that god wanted you to know like you need to be ready for jesus return you need to be ready for death, right? Because it's coming a time where you, where if you're not ready, it's going to cost you, right? So, and we're talking about that in the next verse, actually. So, but Justin, there's so, so much more with Revelations, uh, with this verse right here, verse 10. Yeah. And I think I should say it. I think I should say it, man. Like uh, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 9 through 10, it actually talks about this, right? Like Daniel, the book of Daniel, I don't know much about it, but I know the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, like they're kind of talking about the same thing, which is surprising to me, right? Because the book of Daniel's in the Old Testament, guys. That's what I want you to imagine that. 
right? In the book of Revelations, it's in the New Testament. It's the last chapter of the Bible, right? So John is given, uh, no, Daniel's given something, a similar vision, a similar also exaltation that John gave in the book of Revelation. I'm going to show you how, right? Let me show you this verse, guys. I want you guys to see it. Let me show you some proof. Oh, man, it ties in with verse 11, though. So I don't know if I should read verse 11 right now. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm read, I'm read this and then read verse 11. I already spoiled it. So in Daniel chapter 12, verse 9 through 10, this is what it reads. It says, he replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. You guys see that? This is crazy. So we just saw with verse nine, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. That's so powerful because in the Old Testament, in Daniel's time, the Holy Spirit, the prophecies, just a lot of stuff was sealed up, right? Because it wasn't that time yet, right? So God was saying, close it up and seal it up until the time is at hand. The time's at hand now. Like it said that the time until the time of the end. And, and now it says the time is at hand in our verse. And it says to open it up. Don't seal it up. In Revelation uh, 22, verse 10, what we just read. And then we're going to talk about this part right here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it yet. Let's go ahead and read that next verse. It says in Revelation 22, verse 11, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Mm-mm-mm. This is so powerful, man. So, Yeah, it kind of goes back to the, um, and it was in Romans or Acts, where like the, the pun, like uh, is just to let, them like live in their sin like lots of people ask man why get away with uh, uh get away with like um doing terrible things and like um getting boatloads of cash and fame and like honestly though if you look lives are anything but um ideal because they they consequences they suffer for their sin so that the verse 11 and i didn't realize Daniel that connects to it epitomizes it perfectly in which who sins is God is just going to let them uh, wallow in their own sin. Like that of what we have is that like we're still going to sin unfortunately. Like disagreement earlier that said oh once you're a Christian you never sin. And that's that's obviously not true. But the, the wonderful have been freed from those chains. Like we don't have to like continue to sin. Let's fall off the bandwagon. Um, but that's the beauty of it is like little by little, we're going to sin less and less. Hopefully, like if we follow, follow and abide and grow and God. But yeah, that's a that's that's a reward. Is that we're now um, Jesus came to free us for the sake of freedom. Um, like we sin like we that's we're not like yeah we maybe we don't have like fame or but heck we're not on the front page of a tabloid saying like how we sleep. so 
that's a uh, that's that's man the god bible study we we can't get into right now but like we're jesus came to like that's our reward right there right yeah like with revelation 22 verse 11 that's the verse we're on right now so like that verse it seems to indicate the effect that will happen if this book is kept open and you know the effect it will have upon men if it's kept open right so after reading the prophecy of, the, of this book, those who are still unjust should remain unjust, and those who are who are, are still filthy should remain filthy. But the prophecy will further confirm and strengthen and sanctify those who are righteous or upright with God or who are holy, right? So the book and the prophecies of Revelation will be a sign of life to some or a sign of death to others. So you got two kinds of people in this life. You got two different cases of people in this life, right? So you got those who are who have repented and are saved, who are righteous and holy, right? Or you got those who have not repented, who are not saved, who are unsaved, who are dogs, whoremongers, all liars, who love doing it, guys, who love doing it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So I want to focus on this part of Revelation 22, verse 11. It says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. And who he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. So the thought here is probably since Jesus is coming so suddenly, right? He's coming back so quickly and swiftly, right? That there won't be any time for change. So however you are, wherever you choose to stay, that's that's what it's going to be. So before I even talk, let me finish reading this, man. So this verse tells us these two revelations. Like this is, this is the revelations in the book of Revelations. Like one of the many revelations is why even called revelations, right? So uh, those who are found doing evil on the day of Christ will continue to do evil, and those who are filthy will continue to be so, right? And then another revelation is the righteous and the holy are both doing what they want to do, right? So the righteous, the wicked, whatever you want to call it, the saved and unsaved, they're both doing what they desire, want, and choose to do. So the wicked, they have no desire to repent. They are doing what they want to do, so let them continue doing it, because that's what they want to do, right? You made your choice. You made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. That's what's going to be like in the end times, right? So if you don't yeah. want whatever eternal future you're heading towards, you better change right now while the time is at hand, while the time is there for you to do it, the opportunity is there for you to do it because it won't always be there, right? And some people live as if it is. So there will be no time. I mean, there will be no time for last minute repentance, you know, but there's time right now. So you got you to take advantage of the time you have right now. So if you want... If you have read the book of Revelations and it hasn't changed you yet, there isn't much hope for you. Like, I hope and pray Revelations 22 and 21 has blessed your soul. And you're like, man, I want to be up there. I want to reign and be in Christ's presence and dwell with Christ and God, you know, all eternity in a new heaven, new Jerusalem, new earth. Like, it's too perfect to not want to dwell there. Like, where there's a place where there's no death, no sorrow, no, no pain, no suffering, no crying, no tears. Like, Come on, the place is too good, guys. So a time is coming where it'll be too late for unbelievers to change their way. So there's no second chance after death. You guys hear me? So the hopelessness of the final state, what we're talking about right now, this is called the eternal state in the final state, how all eternity is going to be, right? So the hopelessness of the final state and eternal state of the wicked is pictured here. So the states of both evil and the good will be fixed forever in the eternal and final state. So no more second chances, guys. That's the whole point I want everybody to get. There'll be no more second chances after this. So this is what Revelation 22, 11 is talking about. So God sees our hearts 
and where you want to stand in all eternity, where you want to be, you know, whether that be heaven or hell, heaven or hell, go ahead and stand there now. So don't wait. And and because if you wait, it may be too late, right? You don't know that time when you go to sleep if you even wake up again. People take that for granted, right? So yeah, we should not wait until the last minute or our last breath because tomorrow's not promised. Like I said, the time is near. Don't wait until to get right. You know, your time to get right with God is now, right? You done heard this message. Don't wait. Don't put it off any longer, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much to say with that verse. And I, I still haven't even honed in with Daniel 12. Like I didn't really show how that uh points towards anything. So I want to do that real quick. Did you have anything else though, Justin? No, I'm actually really interested in what you have to Okay, let me share my screen. Hopefully I hurry up and load. All right, cool. So we're on that verse now. All right, so so this is the parallels of Daniel 12, 9 through 10 with Revelations 22, verses 10 through 11. So, yeah, he replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed. Same thing in Revelations 22, verse 10. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, right? So... That in the Old Testament time period, it had to be sealed up. What we what were basically told, the prophecies were told about the new heaven and the new earth and the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. Because it wasn't that time period yet. You know, probably bat, bat, you know, baptism with the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. Like it wasn't that time period yet. But now it is. The time is at hand. So it's not sealed up any longer. It's open. Do not seal up the words of this prophecy. So if you guys thought like the Old Testament is relevant, it's only the Old Testament that I believe like. You're sealing up the New Testament. That is disobedience to God. You don't do that, right? And the same thing with this part. It says, uh, look, we talked about in Revelation 22, verse 11, let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Like many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. So the people who, who let me share something with you guys. Uh, I got to share this. All right. So the words that Daniel give would eventually be unsealed. Right. So it's unsealed now in our time period. So I keep on reiterating that is for a reason. So those who have chosen to live any type of way they want to live, let them continue to live it. Right. So that's the things that we said. So God gives us something called free will. Right. It's a gift that we all take for granted. Freedom, liberty. Right. (laughs) And Paul even said that in first Corinthians, he said, don't abuse your liberty don't abuse your freedom so you have the freedom to choose your destiny for all eternity guys what separates you from every other creature for every other living being birds animals i don't care what it is what separates a human being from it is free will so you can tell god i don't want you in my life i don't want you in my family's life i don't want you period so goodbye stay away from me and with that choice you you uh with your choice that you make with your free will, God will honor it because he loves you. Like, just think about if God, one myth that always goes around, one false quote that people believe, a lot of atheists say it, and people who don't want to believe the Bible, they say, why does a loving God send people to hell, right? He gives yeah. people what they want, right? That, that is not even, that's not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is, why would God give people free will? Because if God would give people free will to choose between heaven or hell, because that's the end result. You don't get to choose the end result. You don't get to choose the consequences. God created the world. That's what it is, right? So if you don't want to experience hell, what is the opposite of hell? God is heaven, right? So if you don't want to experience God, what's the opposite of that? Hell. 
So why would a loving God send people to hell? You done chose it. He gave you freedom. Because imagine if God gave everybody, made everybody a robot, made everybody automatically serve him and love him, and made everybody automatically just do what he wanted to do. Would that be love? That's the question to ask. No, that's a heck to the no. Y'all guys know it's not. For God to force you to love him, that'd be childish. Like, no, like that's yeah. not a love loving thing to do. So in a loving way, God gives people the opportunity to choose him. That is love right there. So he won't force you to love him. He gave you free will. So he gives people exactly what they want. He gives people the, uh, with their choice of their free will, what they have chosen, and he will honor your freedom to choose. So one story I really want to talk about with this, because like this is so powerful. Like None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand this. We understand what love is. So this is why we get to understand this message right here. Like This is a powerful and important message for us to get, right? Because the righteous don't want to, we, all we want is peace, love, righteousness, and all that stuff. But before I even talk about that, Justin, there's something, another verse I want to talk about. I'm not going to share it on the screen. Let me get off of the share screen. I think I'm still on it. But uh, one verse I want to talk about was uh, Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 26. So Luke chapter 16, verses, verses uh, 19 to 26. So. Yeah, people who have died are very uncomfortable with the choice of free will, right? Like, there's people in hell right now. There's people who have died that wish that just somebody would have, from from the dead, would have told them that, you know, it ain't worth, what, what you're living for right now is not worth living for, right? Only Jesus is worth living for, right? Only Jesus is worth serving. And this is proof of that. So it's called the rich man and the Lazarus uh, story, right? So in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 26, it says, there was a rich man who was dressed up in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day, right? At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores. Remember that. And longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table, even dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father, Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, Remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Right. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm uh, chasm has been set in place. Remember this, guys, so that those who want to go here to you cannot. Right. Nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Right. So he answered, then I beg, Father, send Lazarus to my family, right? The, the boy, the man, the beggar who was covered with sores laid at this person's doorstep, at this rich man's doorstep, right? The rich man in the hell said, he answered, then I beg you, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to him. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead comes to them, they will repent. He said to them, he, no, he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not 
be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. That mm. is so powerful, right? And that goes oh, that- to that verse. You, you get it, Justin? <laughs> It breaks that's, my heart. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Uh, well, I'll let you finish, then I'll add on. No, I'm interested in what you're going to say. I'll, I'll, I'll add. Yeah. Because, like, that, that is true. Like, I've had several people, like, um, I've had several people say, like, if God really exists, put the message in the clouds or stuff like that. But honestly, like, We've chosen to leave already. Like, uh, if God put in a message, believe in me in the clouds. Like, like if you weren't, if you didn't believe, you would try to say a prank on you or something like that. But like, yeah, yeah. Even if uh, someone was, um, if you if you've already chosen not to believe it, you're not going to believe in that as, as it is. So we do need to take this time now to be going to follow God and continue to grow in the word or are we going to, to choose a life of sin? It is, it is man, the verses in Luke are so powerful though, especially if you like if you're really trying to connect to someone or you're really trying to help someone believe really, really hard. But like it is like a, a hard pill to swallow that know how much time we have so we have to make the most of it yeah yes yeah, two points for that story of lazarus i want to talk about it's verse 27 and 30 but basically you guys read it i'm not reading it again but uh, it's <laughs> one of my points is even if people see a miracle they will still find a way to reject god right another one of my points is some people are determined determined willing refuse to and will only choose to not believe in god or not to believe in anything the Bible says, right? Like their minds already made up, so they could see they could they could see anything happen. I mean, anything crazy, any miraculous miracle. And we even see in the Book of Revelations, like the God sent the prophets. I think it was Elijah and somebody else, right, from the dead. And in news reports, I mean, people in the daytime, like technology is crazy. Like when something happens, everybody got some got a film. Right. And it says that everybody filmed it. Everybody saw it and they died in front of everybody because they were faced persecution. These Christians. Right. Because the mark of abuse, if you didn't have the mark of the beast and everything, you preach in Christ, you're going to die. Right. You're going to be persecuted. But these people kept on being raised from the dead. They died multiple times, kept on coming back from the dead. And people still didn't believe it. They still mm-hmm. refused to believe in Christ. And that's in the end times. In the tribulation time, what do you think? In the rapture, what do you think people gonna do? Especially the rapture when everybody's like the half of creation, like like Thanos, like just snap a finger. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people vanish. You're not gonna believe then, like it's a fluke. Like and it says still, some people that refuse to believe. Like guys, like you you say, yeah, I believe then. Like no, you won't. Like when your mind's made up, it's made up. And this is why that verse says what it says. You know. God doesn't make mistakes, right? So if you go to hell, it's on you. You done made a choice. God tried to, he said that he He doesn't want anybody to perish. He does everything it takes to reach everybody, right? So if somebody goes to hell, it was a choice at the end of the day. So some people want to throw kids into there. Kids ain't included. This is for people who 
are because I, I can tell you right now too, handicapped people ain't included, right? If you don't have the conscience, God is a fair and just God. I can't, you know, and when I say that, I mean like somebody's not gonna be judged as harshly as I am. You know what I mean? If they can't, if they don't have the same comprehension, I'm even bound. I'm, I would even say the same knowledge, and ha- don't have the same experiences that I've had with God. You know what I'm saying? God's not gonna hold them up to the same standard. I'm on a whole different standard than somebody else. Everybody is. So God's gonna judge everybody fairly according to what they've done, according to what they've chosen, right? So you, that's not even part of the debate. Everybody likes to throw stuff like that. Focus on yourself. Right, if you're conscious enough to ask stupid questions like that, like, "Why would a loving God send somebody to hell?" That's not the question to ask. You know, like, just based on this verse, right? If this is true, it's not the question to ask. So, the rich man, why would he choose to live selfishly? Right? Why would he choose to live in luxury when he has somebody at his doorstep? And every single day, I said every single day he lived in luxury, and a guy at his doorstep was suffering from cold sores and dogs came to lick him. And he would even beg for food at the rich man's table and the the rich man would never give him anything. You telling me that person deserves heaven? You you kidding me? What would a loving God send somebody to hell? No, okay, it's pretty hard and pretty tough to have someone lying right in front of you in your front doorstep and they are struggling in life and you have everything and you don't give them nothing at all, nothing. It said he didn't give him anything a whole lifetime. And now the roles reverse. Hell's gonna be a place where people who did stuff like that didn't love their neighbor. Right? What's the second commandment? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. These are the first and the greatest two commandments. You keep these two commandments, you you don't you don't did all the law and prophets, right? This guy, you kidding me? It, it, it's unjust to send him to hell, right? It's unjust to send people to hell who just take advantage of their neighbor, who lie on their neighbor and get them killed from lying? You tell me ain't nobody ever lied about somebody to the cops and got them killed. Really? You know, like, come on, guys. Those people deserve, they don't deserve to go to hell, right? Right? Okay. <laughs> it's just, this is a just and fair world. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that verse is so powerful, man. Like, so many yeah. ways to, to dissect it, too. What's, it, what's even tougher, though, though, as well, is like, Sometimes you do know, like, like someone who's like a decent person that you think is good, but they they don't follow God. They don't believe in God. By that point, people are trying to integrate their own, own definition. And like the problem with that, that is we can't come up with our own definition of what is good. Have their their own definition or a huge spectrum of what's who deserves and like. Like that's like tell me like like um uh Ted Dahmer's versions of good are going to be different than mine like Sean and Sean's and mine huge variation and like that's too much work like honestly God, God by just just splitting it down the middle by making it very simple that just believe that's the and from there we can depend on what his definition of good is ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like god never tried to figure out what good or evil was like he was he was himself like why would we put that extra work on us so when we say oh this person they don't deserve hell 
I, I can agree they could be like they could be good. They're not. We can't follow our own definitions of good. We have to follow God's, and that's why we're given the words so that we can understand what those standards are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep on going. I don't want to stay on too late for you. <laughs> All right. So we're man, good stuff. Right. It's about to get even crazier, man. I, I'm excited, man. I feel like we did a good job building up. Now I'm about to like bring it home. So like Revelations 22 verse 12, it says, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be, right? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I think that's, um, it's, it's just wrapped up. It's showing like what our, like first and foremost, the angel had to make very clear, this is from God. Don't be worshiping me, I'm Jesus. Then he introduces the, the gift. Then he introduces the gift, opening up the importance of the words of the prophecy. And like this is I'm sure this is Jesus speaking now because we're in like, like the last section. The next verse says like this is Jesus. No one else can say, say that. Right. Um, so we know that a new body, a new life is with Jesus. Like it's coming apart from Jesus. We have to recognize this is a, a package deal. Like we have to, um, we're getting into heaven because of Jesus. So we need to uh, recognize credit to Jesus. And like he, like a, a, whether we acknowledge or not, is going to play a part in. And if he's going to give us a reward, or recognize us. Like we can't be like the. Uh, um, we can't be like the, the uh, blanking on the verses, but we can't say that we are followers of Jesus and, and then like live from how he lived. And then when we get to heaven, Jesus, gonna, Jesus and God are going to be like. But we like uh, we have to recognize that we have, we have to the gift are together, and Jesus yeah. and the heaven are a package deal. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, I want to tone in what you said. So we know that Jesus is talking here. First of all, because the word behold. So anytime you see the word behold in the book of Revelations, but especially what we've been seeing in Revelations 21 22, behold means something vital, something important, something you really need to need to listen to and take heed to and pay attention to. Like that's how you know Jesus is talking, because he said, Behold, and he said, I come quickly. That's the second thing. Like, you're not going to be, ex- who cares about angels appearing unless it's Gabriel and he's telling Mary about Jesus coming or, you know, something like that. But other than that, like, it ain't as important as Jesus is coming, right? Jesus coming is what we're all yearning for as believers, which we'll talk about in the coming verses as well. But let's keep on going. So that was the first thing. Second thing is like, and my reward is with me. Only Jesus has rewards for you. An angel don't have no rewards for you unless they're a devil or a demon. Like you don't know rewards from a demon or an or you know something demonic. You want it from God Himself, right? And so, yeah, Christ is coming quicker than you think. That's one of the first points I got because Jesus said, "Behold, I come quickly." So He's repeating again what He said in Revelations twenty-two verse seven in our first video we did in Revelations twenty-two, right? 
in Revelation 22, verse 7, it said, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. This is why you need to keep the prophecies of this book and keep the sayings and keep it in your heart, keep it in your spirit and obey it. Practice what you preach. Faith without works is dead. Can you just go to heaven and not obey the law? Right. So not love your neighbor. Are you kidding me? Can you make it to heaven without loving your neighbor? That's a heck of a no. Right. So like there's no you got to keep the law, man. Why? Verse 10. And he said unto me, still not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Jesus also said that the time is at hand, right? When it came to him saying, I'm coming quickly. It, it could happen at any moment. So this doesn't mean that Jesus was going to return right after John finished writing this, this letter. It doesn't mean that he's going to return right after this message that we're talking, right? What it does means is once the end time starts, Jesus will come quickly, taking everybody by surprise, you know, who are left behind after the church has been caught up, right? So the rapture and all that, the great tribulation, all that stuff, right? So his return is speedily coming and it's imminent. So the thrust, the push, the pressure, the urge for us to prepare is there already. It's here right now, right? So why are we preparing for his appearing, right? Because it means judgment, guys. And we see here, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. We're going to be judged, guys. Now, if you're saved, your judgment is different from unsaved people. It's not the same, right? So uh, one more, another point I got, too, is, you know, you're not going to have time to prepare. You just need to always be prepared. And that could be in your career. Before you, Way before you do an interview, you need to always be prepared, right? Like, you don't want to go to interview, interview unprepared. You need to be prepared to get married. Are you, are you prepared to be a great husband, a great father? you know, a great mother, a great wife, you know, all that stuff. We got to be prepared for those things, but we definitely need to be prepared for crisis coming. It's everything, right? So Jesus' message in the Bible is always to be ready, right? We saw that in Matthew 24, verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. So we can never miss the note of urgency and warning and all of what Jesus tells us about his coming. So Again, we know that Jesus is talking because angels don't have any rewards for you. And rewards mean whatever is due to you, right? So he will bring rewards for believers based on their works. So it's true that salvation is a free gift and it's not of works, right? Like it says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. But believers' works or deeds will be tested to see which have lasting value and therefore worthable rewards, right? So, yeah, what does it mean by according as his work shall it be? Justin and I talked about it in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 through 15. It said, other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ, right? So Jesus Christ is the only, the only foundation that you can lay anything on. He's the solid rock that we stand on, right? Jesus is the rock, right? And we learn in Revelations 21 and 22 that uh, the foundations of the New Jerusalem, the foundations, the 12 foundations of the whole entire holy city that we're talking about in Revelation 22, that all the believers will dwell in. It's capital, the New Jerusalem. It had 12 foundations, and the 12 foundations had the names of the 12 disciples, and they are all precious stones, right? There are certain stones, right? So this verse is tying in with that like crazy. And it went down, the foundation went all the way down to the bedrock. Right. So no foundation on this earth right now goes all the way down to the bedrock. That's why when hurricanes and tornadoes and uh, floods come, the houses always blow away because it doesn't go all the way down to the bedrock. So Google what a bedrock is in the, in the soil. 
it's so deep, man. Solid foundation, right? So for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, right? Every man's work shall be manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. If any man work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. So he himself will be saved yet so as by fire means that this is a test for believers only. This is the great white throne judgment. This is what believers will be judged by our works, right? We're not judged based on, um, we're not judged based on uh, like the, we're not judged like the unrighteous people, right? The unrighteous people, the unsaved people, the wicked, they don't have Christ. So Christ makes us holy, makes us come, we can come before God and be righteous and pure because Christ already took our punishment. <laughs> Christ already took our place. So God sees us like Christ, right? We're made in Christ's image, man. We're Christ was the chief cornerstone, and he is the first of all, how the first of how all uh, creation will be in the in the life after, right? So he got his resurrected body. So because of him, we can have our resurrected body. And because of him, we can have eternal life because he is the uh, resurrection and the life. Like there's so many verses I can talk about. I can't talk about it all. But guys, we're saved. So even if you don't have any works that, that uh, works that can go through the fire, right? You're still saved because you believe in Christ, right? But you want to have works, man. It's all about storing up treasures in heaven, like Jesus said, right? You want to have gold, silver, and precious stone. Why? Because wood, hay, and stubble will be burned in the fire, right? So according to your works, you shall be judged. So how can you have a solid foundation? You got to have the right motives, the right intentions behind everything you do in this life, right? You got to live a holy and righteous life and be and really live for God, right? You don't just give money to the church, you got to be a good, a good, what does it say? You got to be a cheerful giver. You don't give just because you want to be, you know, praised. You want to be, you know, you want to be seen. Like you don't do things to be seen. You don't preach to be seen for your glory. Right. Just like the angel said, I'm worship. I'm a servant of God. Like you, John, don't bow down to me. We worship God here. Oh, I worship God. You worship God. Like, what are you doing? Right. We call other believers out when they're living wrong. We don't pat them on the back just because of their name and claim, just because we want something for them. So we're going to pat them on the back and always pray. No, that's wood, hay and stubble. It's going to be burning the fire. We got to make sure everything that we're doing is righteous and holy. And it can go through the, the test of fire that God's going to put through us in our judgment day as believers. So this is really not even focused on unbelievers. Just focus on believers, man. My reward is with me. So. Is is uh if Jesus will give to everyone according to his work, does that mean we are saved by works? That's a heck to the no. I just told you no. Like, cause works just show that you that living faith will have works with it. That's it, right? Without without uh faith without works is dead, right? So faith apart from works is useless, right? So one of my points is it is the quality of which provides the ultimate indication of what he believes. So if you really believe in God, you will practice his word. People, it will be evident. There will be fruit showing you. And the contrary of that, too, if you don't believe in the Bible, you don't believe in anything the Bible says, you're not going to have any works. You're not going to have any fruit. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. So what is your fruit saying about your life? Can people tell that you're a believer? It also, that's that's another caution for believers as well. You can have all the you can look like you have all the works in the world for the for the Lord. There's some famous pastors that have all the works in the world for people to think that they're believers. 
but their heart ain't right. And this is what that verse is talking about. Is your heart right? Do you really serve the Lord and really love him? Are you doing things for the right reasons for the Lord? Like, there's so much to say with that. Justin, I, I've been talking forever. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead, man. Oh, you're good. You're always like a very hard, hard balance to find out because Paul, man, Paul has like saved by grace, not by faith. Uh, saved by grace, not by, by works. Also says like we need to. I'm, I'm paraphrasing like our salvation. Like we, like faith without works are like dirty rags. Like we live a life that's pleasing to Jesus. Like man, if I, if I said, if I parents or I love my parents, but then did all these heinous things that like made them ashamed, that's not gonna fly with them. They're gonna say, "Do you really love me?" Like, same with GM, and like, we say, Oh, well, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. But, like, if we, he looks at a life the same as those who are wicked or those who lived in sin, that we've, um, in verse 11, like, man, how is he going to the difference between, um, a sinner and the life that we chose? Thing is, like, people should be be able to look at our lives like man there are so many analogies we should look like we should be the salt of the earth we should be the light on the hill we should be ambassador kingdom of god like like that that obviously is going to look different from the average joe so yeah like we are saved by faith but we have to prove that we have that yeah Man, it's so much, man. I, I like I love this verse so much. I, I really do. So like um let me see. I mean I'm gonna read some points out real quick. I'm trying to show this video I did for Sunday school one time that pertains to this. But one of my main points I have for you guys is you know, a war from God is better than any other reward we could ever receive on this earth. And so many people live for a hand clap, so many people live to to hear, like, you're doing a great job. You know what I mean? They want praise from men. Like, they want the autographs. They want the, the red carpets. They want to be known and famous, the celebrities, right? Like, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, Jesus said uh, to the Pharisees and to believers, he was saying, you know, Pharisees, they pray, but they pray long prayers because they think God God's going to bless them for a longer prayer, Right. He, he'll marries. That's what some religions do. Then he said also that people pray loud to be heard by all men, right? They also give to the give alms to the poor. They give to the poor, but they only do it to be seen, to get a hand clap, right? Then he also said that people, he basically said people do things to be praised. They do things to, you know, to to uh to act like they're saved when they're not, right? How many people read their Bibles just get to, yeah, yeah. So many people bring to carry their Bibles around just to look like a Christian, right? So many people do that. It's a lot of people. And Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter six, verse one through eight. I said that in this video I did. It's one of my uh, first Sunday school lessons I ever uploaded uh, to YouTube. Matthew six, verse one through eight. It says, "God honor and piety, piety that honors God." Like God cares about your heart. It doesn't matter what you do. Whatever works you have. If your heart ain't right, wood, hay, and stubble, that's what it is. 
And when it goes through the fire of judgment, it's going to be burned. It's not going to sustain. It's not going to last. But if you have the right motives and the right heart behind doing anything that you do for God, man, it's going to make it through the test. It's going to make it through the fire. And God is really glorified. It's going to reach even more people probably, right? It's going to bless even more people. And not just bless, it's going to lead people to Christ the way that Christ wants people to be led to him. You know what I mean? So many people, I remember hearing one pastor preach about something that had nothing to do about tithing. Nothing. Like he was preaching about, uh, I don't know what he was preaching about, Just I can't remember. He's like preaching about, he's preaching about uh, something like First Corinthians, like one or something. And tithing wasn't mentioned at all. And he's just talking about the whole time. You got to tie to the church, like give money to the church. We're failing as a church. And that was his whole message. He wanted them like money grabber uh-huh. preachers, like prosperity preachers for real. And I was like, dang, the whole message just it had nothing to do with it. I think it was, oh, it was, it had to have been Exodus. It was the book of Exodus. And it was like when Moses like hit the rock and water came out. Oh, yeah. Like, but it, that's a that's a message you could do that with. But it was something that had nothing to do with it. So it, could, it couldn't have been that. It must have been like the burning bush or something. It was it was awful, Justin. But yeah, that, 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 I need to go. I went off track. But anyways, guys, what you need to know, it matters how you live. So it matters how, how, how you know, some examples for you is, you know, how we share the gospel and proclaim the gospel. It matters how you do that. It matters how you, how you, how are you a husband? You know, how are you as a wife? You know, how, how do you honor your mother and father? How do you treat the poor or your neighbor or the orphan or people that are just insignificant to you? It could be another race. If you're a racist against people, you know, you don't like other people of different race or a different background or whatever. Like, how do you treat them? Like, it matters how you do those things, right? So based on how you live here, through an act of grace, Jesus is going to reward us. So there's no rewards if you are if you are divided in areas like that. If you're not glorifying God and God isn't seen in those areas, God needs to be seen and witnessed in those areas. Those areas are important. Every area of life is important. So this is an incentive for believers to continue to live righteously. Because when Christ returns the second time, that's it, guys. You don't have another chance, right? Live righteously now. Store up treasures in heaven now. Because he's bringing rewards for all believers. I want rewards. I don't know what about, I want rewards, guys. Like, come on. I do not want to be up there and I have nothing to offer. You got to think about it. You got David. You got Moses. You got a lot of people up there that's going to have a lot of rewards. And I don't want to be one of those people <laughs> I mean, it says that it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to stand in the tents of wickedness. But, you know, I'm competitive. Yeah. I don't want to just be a doorkeeper, you know? So, I mean, I do, but you you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more to say with that, but I won't go ahead and read my other points. I only got four more. So God sees everything yeah. you do, and he is right there with you, and he is right there yeah. with you, encouraging yeah. you, right? So yeah. the life that believers live, is for more than just enjoyment, right? It's for more than just yourself, just like the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, right? It is to serve God and others, right? That's what our life is all about. I'm telling you now, if you serve others, you're serving God, right? And if you serve God, you're going to serve others. They go hand in hand, right? So whatever we're, whatever way we are living our lives, when Jesus comes, we'll determine our eternal rewards. And that goes back with verse 11. Let the wicked be wicked. Let the righteous be righteous, right? So if you are saved, you will go to heaven. If you're unsaved, you'll go to hell. There's no other way, right? You got to live like this if you want to get there. Because only people who want a peaceful life, a loving life, who care for their neighbors will be up there. I'm telling you now, like, 
you just don't fit the bill if you don't do those things, right? Because death, sorrow, pain, if you love costing people that, heaven ain't for you. And you know, you, you're going to hate this video. So his coming is either a blessing or a curse for you. So depending upon which side you are standing on in the end with the righteous in paradise or in hell with all the unrighteous, right? So it's dependent upon you. So you have a choice. This is the point of Revelation 22, man. So man, it's just so much with, with that, man. I love I love that. I love Revelation 22, man. I really do. All right, you ready to go to 13, Justin? Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. I don't think it's letting me make it bigger. Okay, final. All right, so Revelation 22, verse 13 reads, I, I am the alpha, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So we, we all know who's talking here. It definitely ain't the angel. <laughs> it definitely ain't John. So it's Jesus, the lamb. Like I said, Revelation 21, 22. So. Yeah, and I think I spoiled that a little bit. But, like, I'm glad that's in. It doesn't explicitly state, hey, hey this is Jesus talking. No, it kind of teases you a little Like the reason Jesus gave parables um, back during his ministry. It's because, like, I wanted to dig, dig into the Word, would, like, understand the parables. But the, the people were just, like, like the concrete substance I was part of it. So this is one of those those verses where who's talking unless like you really know your stuff or like you're really paying attention which is pretty cool to me man this ties in with verse uh 16 you know the bright morning star i kind of want to say 13 for 16 it only does because one of my points is you know these terms you know that jesus is the beginning the middle and the end for the christian that's that ties in with the bright morning star for verse 16. So I guess okay. you guys just got to remember that. All right. Just remember that. Cause when I say certain things, it's going everything in Revelation 22 come together, man. So verse 13 relates with verse 16, the bright morning stars. Make sure to check out our next video on that. But um, yeah. So like Justin was saying, we know that Jesus is talking here. So as an added, added incentive for us to do and be what is right. Right. That's the key point to be, and do what is right. Being ready for Jesus' return, he reminds us just who he is, right? So the only way into the new city, the new Jerusalem, new heaven, and new earth is through Jesus Christ. That's what uh, Justin mentioned, right? Because he's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. That is so powerful, right? So the scripture, this scripture is all throughout the book of Revelation. And it's really all throughout the Bible. You know, God identified himself even as the alpha and omega. So Jesus Christ himself, did the same thing here and throughout the book of Revelation. So at times it refers to the father and at times it refers to the son as the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end and all that stuff, the first and the last. So it makes them one, right? So this again is showing that they share the throne of God. We see that all the time in the book of Revelation 21, 22 of these chapters that we've been in, that they're that the throne is shared by both of them too. It's not just saying one of them, it's saying both of them. Right. So it's proving Jesus's deity again, which is something that John does all the time. Yeah. Right. And so uh, and J Jesus even said that just in case anybody doubting, you know, John 10 30. Jesus said, I and my father are one. Right. And then John 14, 8 through 11. I'm not going to read it. But Philip said, you know, show us the father. We want to see the father. It will be enough if we see the father. And Jesus said, Philip, 
I've been with you for how long? You know, if anyone's seen me, he has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? You know, do you not believe that I am the Father are one? Like, so it's the same thing, right? It's this letting you know that if you put your faith in Jesus, you're all right. You're right. Because God and the Father, I mean, God the Father and the Son, Jesus, are equal in eternal existence. And Jesus is everything that the Father is, right? So, yeah, so Alpha and Omega, Omega, let me describe that. Just in case y'all ain't watched any videos we talked about with this. So this is the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet. It symbolized that Jesus is over all things, right? And that Jesus is complete all by himself, right? <laughs> and he needs nothing or any other source. So Jesus has always existed, right? And But he created time and came as our savior. So someday he will end time as we know it. He's the beginning and the end, right? And when he returns, he will bring rewards with him. That's verse 12. So just like the father, Jesus is sovereign forever. So so much to say about that, but let's really hone this in. So Jesus Christ is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end of all things, the first and the last. So both creator and the finisher of the universe. You guys get that? So there's nothing that came before him and nothing comes after him. He spans all, all, all of time and all the universe. That goes with verse 16 in Revelation 22. We're going to talk about that. The root of Jesse. So how is he the root of Jesse? but an offspring of Jesse. Like, that is so powerful. So he began all things and he finishes all things. He created all things. He finishes all things, right? So he will, he will, I mean, he created all things and he will finish all things, right? So therefore he will finish earth and the heavens above and judge them all, right? So this is so powerful, man. Like, yeah, there's so much to say with that one, man. So this just, it's irrefutable proof again that Jesus is Yahweh. You know, the title of Alpha and Omega, first and last. He was there at the beginning, right? He was in the beginning. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word is God, right? And the word is manifested among us and it's Jesus. And the word dwell with them, it's Jesus. Verse 14 of John chapter one. John again is talking about Jesus, right? And Jesus is there in heaven, giving him the visions, right? Jesus done died. He was resurrected and rose from the grave. And now John is seeing him again. And Jesus is giving him vision, showing him the end of time. So, man, I got to share this with you guys. Isaiah 41.4, who has performed this and carried it out, calling forth generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and the last, I am he. This is That is a bold statement for Jesus to make, man. Like, Jesus is the Christians all in all. All of our lives, our beginning, and our eternity, and our end. And I'm going to save this for the bright morning star. but basically. The beginning, he's our beginning and our end. So you know how when people die, you have their birthday, whoever her birthday is, her birthday right here, and then you got the day of their death, right? So the dash is, you know, our lives, right? So how long is our dash going to last? It's not that long. Like life goes by fast, especially the older you get, the more you figure out life has has passed by so quick, right? But at your beginning of your conception and at the end, who's there? Jesus. At the beginning of the world, and at the end of the world, who's there? Jesus. Who's there in the middle? Jesus. Well, he's always present. He's always there. He's always available. So this is the message for us, man. At the beginning, he's the first and the last beginning. And he's, he started it all for us. He created it all. That's Galatians. That's so many scripture verses, man. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that, man. So there's no gospel worth thinking of, much less worth proclaiming, proclaiming in Jehovah's name if Jesus is forgotten. Right? You can't do that. Right? So. Yes, I had two more points, but I'm I'm done with that, Justin. <laughs>
I'm done. Did you have anything else? I have a whole lot of that because I just, uh, the main point was like, it's just a great to say that this is Jesus because like the thing, don't worship me. I'm just the servant. Like it's almost like a introduction act. And then suddenly you get like the main course, the main act. You have Jesus who needs no introduction at this point. But, like, he basically says, I am who I am. Like, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Like, credentials. Like, the person, the, the only person, um, along with God, the, who can, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He can, like, get credentials for, like, how amazing heaven is going to be. Like, the only per- person who's able to give Jen, of the words that John is giving, like this is again, this is a wrap up and like then to show, like the main act, like the head honcho of Jesus saying into these words, "This is who I am." Like we we don't need to know how great Jesus. We need to know how important these words are. So important enough that Jesus actually came down to give his uh, uh, seal of approval. That's that's. That's what I was looking for. Seal of approval on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's powerful, man. Mm. All right, you ready for uh, 14? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. All right, guys. So, Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. All right, so blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life. And they entered through the gates into the city. Mm-mm-mm. Happy are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right or a privilege or access to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. All right, so let me break this down, guys. Unless Justin, you want to go first, I'll let you go first. If you want. No, you go, go for it. I'm curious to see what you have to say for this, because this is All good. Right, so there's- yeah, there's some misconceptions uh, in this verse. You know, Jesus was the speaker, but in this verse, the speaker refers to his commandments, right? So this seems to indicate that the speaker has changed from Jesus to either John or the angel because it says his commandments, right? So, in uh, the angel who's showing John this, by the way, that's not it's not any random angel. It's the same angel that's been showing John everything. He had the ruler that was made of gold and measuring the whole city in front of John, showing him the measurements of the city and all that stuff. All right. So let me focus on that first part. It says, blessed are they, are those who do his commandments. So doing his commandments does not earn us eternal life, right? Some people think you can do works and that's how you make it to heaven. If you're a good person, you can make it to heaven. That's not the case here, right? So doing his commandments does not earn us eternal life, but it's evidence that we have been granted eternal life, right? So if you're saved, you're going to live the way God wants you to live. If you love the Lord, you'll keep my commandments. You'll do what I say. You know, uh, so many verses like that. Let me keep on going. So besides there's an inherent blessing in doing his commandments because they are good and right for us. So imagine if you just disobeyed God's commandments and you just did what was contrary to the Bible. And that's all you ever did. You never took heed to God's wisdom, his inside of life. Who created the universe? Who created the world? So who knows better how to live in the world and operate? than God. How long has he existed? But some people think that they're smarter than God. So 
you're not gonna have a blessed and happy life. Like that's a bold statement because there's some wicked people that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, the sun rises on the just and the unjust. But just like with this parable of Lazarus, you can be you can have it all good in your life. But in the end, it's not going to pan out for you. But as a as a believer, no matter how awful or how good your life is, it gets better in eternity. Amen. So anyways, blessed are they. So who's they? All the ones who did these two things. So happy are they who does his commandments, for they will have a right to the tree of life. And they will enter in through the gates into the city, guys. This is so powerful. powerful. So they have obeyed the invitation to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. However, all those who do not accept Christ will be outside the city in eternal torment because that's what they chose. So we read that. We'll see that again in Revelation 22, verse 15. That's what the last verse we're going to talk about. So I'm not going to talk about talk about it. And then we actually I will. And we saw that again in Revelation 21, verse 8. So let me read it. And But also come to Jesus. What was that? Verse 17? I, I'm not even worried about it. So in Revelation 22, verse 15, it says, for without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whoever loveth and maketh a lie, right? So people outside the city, this is who it's talking about. The, the dogs, the sorcerers, the whoremongers, all them people. In Revelation 21, verse 8, who's outside the city? Who's outside the gates? But the fearful and the unbelieving, guys, the unbelieving, people who didn't believe the law, the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. So if you don't have eternal life, you have, you're experiencing the second death, right? Because as believers, you're only going to face one death and that's the physical death. But as unbelievers will face two deaths, your know, physical death and then eternal death, eternal separation, eternal damnation away from God. Guys, so, so much to say with that. Let's keep on going. So the one speaking now says that those who obey God's commandments are not only blessed, not only happy, but they will have a right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates of the city. So the people who are whoremongers, fearful, unbelieving, abominable, who are wicked, they won't have no right, no access, no authority, no privilege, which is what right means, to the to the tree of life and to enter the new Jerusalem through the 12 open gates, guys. So because of the blood of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life, right? Jesus is the only way. He's the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, right? He and God share the throne. The tree of life in the uh, river of water of life was proceeding out of the throne of God and the lamb. The lamb is Jesus, right? So the redeemer of all ages will have authority and privilege for these things because of Jesus paid the price, right? Yeah. So like it, it all goes together. So, man, uh, I'm not going to read the verses, but um, yeah, I'll let you go ahead and go, uh, Jessica. I don't want to read all the verses we went through. Just guys, we watch all our videos for Revelations 21, 22. Uh -huh. All right, and I'm not gonna read anything else. Yeah, I like that's um, I just like the like if we read the entirety of like a uh, Revelation 21 and 22, I feel like this verse would tie in a lot better as well because yeah. like so far we've been introduced like a huge description of what the city is going to be like, like the just the awestruck reaction of John and just the amazing metrics and architecture that this place is made of. And then we're introduced to like how this is sustained by God's grace. So now this is saying, but then it's, we're going into blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy as well. Now it's say like, blessed are, uh, now it's going into blessed are those who like wash the robes and have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Like it's, it's introducing it, like, 
the order of this is no mistake. Like, first, you are blessed if you keep these words. Because as Sean said, like, we keep these words because it's good for us. Like, God doesn't make us do follow the law because he's um, he's mean about it. He does it because he knows this is good for us. He knows, just as Jesus and the angel know, that following the words of this prophecy, the words of John, will like make us blessed. And what did we say blessings are? Blessings are the ability to see a little more of God or become closer to God. So first, and and this is like, again, the proper order. First, we, we hear the message in order to believe. Then we read the message. We meditate on the word day and night. That's what we were doing before. We were reading the words and we kept kept it with us. And then after we after we like hear and accept and read the message, do we actually start to sanctify ourselves and follow the law that God has given us? Like after we've accepted and been uh, saved, then we're then we're going out and washing robes. We're helping people. We're what does what does the Bible say? Religion is religion is simply like helping orphans and widows. It's not these grandiose actions of like praying loudly or saying long prayers like Sean was saying. It's like helping people and showing the love of God and Jesus to other people. Like that's what washing the robes are. So it's only, it's then and only then where we accept Jesus and God and live lives that are pleasing to them again it's not works that get us into heaven it's a uh, it's grace in our faith but like how do we show our faith by living a life that's pleasing to them and that it's only then do we actually have the right to that tree of life or the waters of life the river of life the golden streets the um the walls that are like jasper but as clear as glass it's only then after we've been saved and sanctified and grow in God, can we actually call this place our home? Yeah. Like that's what 14 is getting at. There's no mistake at the order of these verses. Like we finally come to how we're heirs to God by earning the city that he's prepared for us. Man, you killed it, man. You just sparked something in me. So like, you know how in Revelation 21, Justin and I read and we went on a study and we talked a lot about this. So we broke it down. So make sure to watch the videos we Especially talked about with Revelation 21, verse 12 to 13, I'll upload past crossroads or chaplain logs, those youth accounts. But, anyways, like there's three gates on every side of the new Jerusalem. On mm-hmm. every side, there's four sides of it, right? In the a south, the east, the west, and and there's a gate on three, there's three gates on every side, guys. That's mm-hmm. totally different than the tabernacle, right? So you can enter at any side. It's and from, you can come from any and everywhere, right? And every gate, uh door was a pearl right it was a pearl with the one of the 12 tribes of israel on it right so god remembers what you do for him he remembers his redeemed people he remembers people who chose to worship him and there was a reward for those people look at the 12 tribes of israel were they perfect judah was the one who said let's throw let's throw joseph into slavery instead of kill him guys all the rest of the 12 tribes of israel want to kill joseph right and there's their days it's their names are written on the 12 gates of Israel, of, of the New Jerusalem. Are you kidding me? And so, like, the gates shall not be shut all day. We read that in Revelation 21, 25. There's no night there. There's no darkness. 
There's, there's no ugliness and no filthiness, no vileness in this new Jerusalem, guys. So it's a place you want to be in, guys. You know what I'm saying? Because the tree of life is there. Justin, do you remember anything about the tree of life? Because I really – I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> the, the tree of life had uh, 12 different fruits that came, uh, one for each season or one for each period, and it got its sustenance from the uh, waters of life that flowed through the golden streets. Yeah, and the tree was for – Healing of the nations, guys. That's so right. Yeah. Many, many nations, many people, many kindreds in heaven. So if you think heaven's just for one group of people, you're wrong because the gates are open for everybody and it's for everywhere. It comes for all people and it shouldn't be shut at all by day. So anybody can come, right? And it brought the nations together. So finally, we have peace with one another. Race, that's not even a thing. In heaven, are you kidding me? The focus is on God. We're not going to have things separating us no more. Everything's going to be open. The walls are all pearl. You can see through. There'll be no privacy, no reason for privacy, no reason to be hidden in the new heaven and new Jerusalem, guys. So, like, this is the new Jerusalem, guys, the tree of life, the, the tree we should have ate from in the, in the beginning, right, <laughs> instead of the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil. They should never ate from that one. But anyways, um, I want to hit you guys with this one. So, Justin, you mentioned it. It said in Revelation 22, verse 14, my version said those who do his commandments. But in other versions, it says those who have washed their robes. So blessed are those who do who do his commandments or blessed are those who have washed their robes, right? Uh -huh. So I want to talk about the wash their robes part because that part is so powerful, right? So we wash our robes in the blood of the lamb. This is the only reason why you get into the new Jerusalem, new heaven, because if you are in Christ, you have been washed and clean. You are made righteous. You are made holy and pure. You're in right standing with God because of your garments have been washed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus paid the price for you. So when God sees you, he sees you as purity is, you know, in his son who has washed you and made you clean. This is why that part is so powerful, guys, because we have robes on because of him. And I know that that's there's way more to preach on with robes and stuff because it, it symbolizes so much stuff for I'm I'm glad I don't know what that is right now. So we can just go to verse 15, the last verse of the, the Bible study. Are you good with 14 now, Justin? Yeah, I am. All right, cool. So now we're on the last verse and ending this Bible study, guys. I hope I pray everybody been enjoying themselves. So and thanks yeah. for tuning in, watching this long, especially. And make sure to share this video with anybody you think is gonna bless. If you don't share this content, our YouTube channels will never grow. We'll never reach as many people for Christ as we could. We need your help. All right. So Revelation 22, verse 15. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and adulterers and whoever loveth and maketh a lie. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, yeah, again, that's going back into, um, sorry, let me see which verse that is. About 15? Yeah. yeah the, or I was saying like that goes back to verse 11 as well, because like anyone who does wrong will continue to do wrong. Whoever is vile will continue to be vile like that's um yeah 15 just reiterating like what's going to happen to those people they're going to be on the outsides unfortunately like yeah. again we've built up um uh, we've built up our gifts we built up like um the the pearly gates we've built up the whole city and we built up like who's going to earn it but like what happens to everyone else unfortunately they're going to be outside and man they're they're called dogs like how demeaning is that too, unfortunately? Like, if you choose to live in sin, you're just a dog, unfortunately. Right. 
And that's what's powerful. Like in that time period, dogs was the worst thing anybody could be called in that time period. So like, why, why? So there are some people who will not be allowed to enter the heavenly cities and those are the dogs of society, right? So I want to really hone that in. What, is a, what does he mean by that? So dogs came to the slum of cities back in that time period. The slums of cities, guys, get that. They don't just come to the city. They come to the slum. Right. So they became a symbol of uncleanness and impurity because they went to the dirtiest places. Why? Because the wild dogs, they were wild. Right. They just went about looking for food, searching for food. So they were a symbol of roaming around, being mean, savage and dirty. Right. Immoral. Therefore, they will, they will not be allowed in the God city. Why? Because there's people in life in the terms that of that that live like that. Right. They're extremely offensive. It's a extremely offensive term for people. But, like, what I really want to say is, you know, dogs in the Oriental cities, so in these cities, these slums, are scavengers, and they excite unspeakable contempt, right? So for there's people in our society that have these same behaviors. Like, they're dirty and savage. They're immoral. They're mean, right? They roam about looking for destruction, and they're unclean, impure. Right. Who are those people? It's people that don't follow the gospel. They don't follow the word. They hate it, right? They try to create their own life, their own way of life, and everybody got to abide by it and do it instead of abiding and doing the word of God. That's a dog, right? Whoremongers, sorcerers, murderers, adulterers. Who in the kicker here, it says whoever loveth and maketh a lie. Like, if you're a wicked person, you love and you practice these things. This is not something that a believer does. For believers, we're ashamed of our sin. We're embarrassed by our sin. We're grieved, we're disappointed, and we're tired of sinning. Like we're troubled by some of the habits that we have because we know we have bad habits and they need to be broken, but they only break us, right? And we hate it. But for unbelievers, man, those are who are cast away from the presence of God, those people who can't make it into the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, the holy place. Man, they love lifestyles like that. They're bad habits. They don't care. They don't give a dang. They're not embarrassed or ashamed. And they refuse to do anything else. They're unrepentant of it. But believers, we're repentant of it because we know it's not good for us. It's not good for our neighbors. It's not good for those who love us. It's not good for the community. It's a bad example of representing who Christ is and God's love. And you guys know what that habit is. Just imagine if you're a Christian and you just preach hate all the time. All the time. That's all you do. And that's not a bad habit. You're not ashamed of that. That says a lot about you, right? Yeah. It, it's so many stuff we practice. I can let's just talk. Masturbation. Is masturbation great for you? And I mean if you do it way too much, right? If you really allow women and men to control you that much and you can't help but look at them and that's all you think about, that's all you do. You have no you're like Samson. And men are like Superman. Men are like Samson. You have so much power. You can do so much in this life. But you waste time on women, on men, and you're wasting your youth when you got the most energy in life. And when in the end, it's, it's going to, your penalty in the end, you don't waste your life, man. Life's short. The time is at hand. What are you doing? What are you practicing? What are you loving? Right? Is it the right stuff? And this is what believers think about, man. Like, the, Dogs of society, y'all gonna be outside, man. They'll have they'll be in the lake of fire and have no part. You can't enter in. So we shouldn't think that outside the walls of heaven's multitudes, they'll be longing to get in. Like they're not gonna be looking, right? We're totally separated. The hell and heaven are totally separated, right? So, like, 
we're not even gonna be believers that's in heaven in the new Jerusalem. We're not gonna be thinking about, you know, the wicked and the and hell and all that. It's too great. There's, there's no pain, no sorrow, no tears, no no crying, no nothing, right? No sorrow. So obviously we don't need to be thinking about who's in hell, right? It's, it's too great in heaven. And it's totally different, new order, new new way of living, new everything. So, yeah, all the behaviors that we see here in this verse that are listed, they're unrepentant behaviors from unrepentant believers, unbelievers, like Justin mentioned, like they chose to do these things. So they're excluded from the city and its blessings. Now, honestly, some of us still do some of those things and we're saved, right? But the difference is we don't love them, right? And then uh, Paul said that in Romans 8. What did he say? He said uh, that we're not condemned, right? How did he say it, though? Mm. Yeah, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Yeah. And you see here that the unrighteous, the wicked, these dogs of society are condemned, right? But for the righteous, because we're, we're rolled with Christ and we're rolled in what he did for us because he paid the price. We don't have to pay the price no more, right? So we won't be condemned, right? But we could have been condemned if we didn't have, if we weren't rolled in what Christ did for us, right? And that goes back to the pearls, right? Me and Justin tore, tore that up with Revelations uh, 21. When we talked about the gates were made of pearls, guys. We're a great irritant to God. We're all great pests to God. You want to know, you know, know how a pearl's made? A pearl is made from an oyster uh, continually having sand come into it. And it needs to use this thing called nectarine inside of it to continually cover up the pearl, uh, cover up the sand. And they continually cover up the sand every single every single time. Just continually wrap it up with nectar, right? Something like that. And so when they keep on doing it, it eventually makes a pearl, right? So you can have a great pearl or you can have a small pearl. So in this earth, the biggest pearl to ever exist is only two feet. But in heaven, them gates are huge, right? Because the walls are all 1,400 miles on each side. It's four sides. So obviously the gates are going to be big. It's three gates every on every side, right? So guys, we're all, we all should have been condemned. So every single time we look at the gates of the New Jerusalem, they made a pearls. That's what we're going to be thinking about. How thankful we are that God paid, Jesus paid the price for us to be able to enter into this great and miraculous place. So if you don't understand or know what to expect in the new heaven and new Jerusalem, just look at our other videos we did on Revelations 21 and 22. This playlist on my YouTube channel, but yeah, so much to say with that. I'm done. I'm done. I'm talking way too much tonight, man. You're good, man. No, no, those were excellent points. I really like that. But yeah, that's a yeah. That is, I like I like what you've just been saying throughout the this lesson as well. Like we, if we are with Jesus, like we are not condemned. Like we we have Jesus as a liaison for us. Like he he uh. Oh, he vouches for us. So, like, even though we do fall into sin, I think that's a good distinction that you have, is, like, we don't enjoy that sin, or we shouldn't enjoy that sin. Like, and, but that's just being able to be close to Jesus, to live a life that's pleasing to Jesus, is what allows us to be separated from the dogs, from those who practice sexual immorality, or, like, murderers, or idolaters, because, man, we've We've all been there. Like, if, if you say you're not a murderer, if you say, like, 
you don't sin or you're not a murderer. Man, think of what Jesus was saying. Like, even if you had an angry thought towards someone, you're like murdering them in your mind. If idolatry can go towards like a, a mental state as well. Like if you fantasize about a life or having something better than what you already have, that's a form of idolatry too, because that's putting, putting your fantasies above God. So like everyone deserves to be on the outside of the city, unfortunately, but like, our blessing, our gift, like our mercy is that we know Jesus who can like actually let us into this huge paradise, this huge gift that he's already prepared for us. I, I'm happy you broke down that because that phrase, whoever lieth to make, whoever love it to make it the lie. That is so powerful because I mean, yeah. people lie, right? And people, I, I talked with one of my, my uh, close friends growing up, the guy I've been telling you about, uh, who who only believes in the Old Testament, not the New, right? So he said that um, he doesn't sin. That's one thing that really caught my attention when he oh. said he doesn't sin at all. And I just thought, like, you know, what's your job? If anybody think they don't sin, just let's talk about lying. So do you lie about your hours when it comes to work? Do you lie about being sick and taking time off of work? And you say you're sick when you're not, like, just so you don't have to go to the office or go to work or whatever. Like, have you never lied? Like, you know, and then if you ever done it, that's what the book of James says. It says if you even done, if you fell at even one point of the law, you're bound for hell. So, mm-hmm. like, just just saying you can be judged based on a law, that is oh my gosh. You're basically saying you're Jesus, like you're perfect. You live the righteous and holy life. That is a bold statement. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to bank my actions. And it's not just your actions, you're judged on thought, word, and deed. My thoughts suck. Like, oh my god! Yeah. I, David even said he said created me a new mind, a new a pure heart, a new mind. Basically, like I need a new mind. I need a pure heart because God, my mind is so wicked. And Paul even said he said the things I don't do, I the things I don't do. Wait, how do you say it? The things I want to do, I don't do. Oh yeah. The things I do do, I don't want to do. Like you know. Like he was saying the contrast of like him, his flesh and his spirit. And everybody has it. Right. God, the Holy Spirit inside of us is telling us how to live. But we keep on failing. The disciples fell too. John fell too. John just failed in Revelation 22 by worshiping the angel. Yeah. So you're telling yeah. me none of y'all fail? You don't fail. You never made an F in school. That's that is that not a sin making an F in school? If you didn't study, right, that doesn't glorify God. If you didn't put your best effort in, does that not does that glorify God if you were half-heartedly and lazy towards something? Like, there's so many ways to sin. Like, you know, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm done, man. But one thing I was going to say, why does it say that all dogs will be outside? Because all dogs are morally impure, right? Like, these type of dogs, these are scavengers that go to the slums of places and just are ruthless. Uh-huh. There's people in life that are like that. And I, I mentioned it in my Sunday school lesson, Justin. I talked about Instagram models and uh, people that show off their body. Because there's for me, women are just a stumbling block for, block for me. Like, honestly, Justin, I never said this out loud to anybody. But I wish, like, my life would be so much easier if I wasn't attracted to women at all. Like, if I wasn't attracted to anybody. Like, I don't know where everybody's weakness is, like where everybody struggle with for sin. But for me, if I didn't have my struggle at all, oh my gosh, I'll be so focused. Like I wish I didn't have it. But that's what makes me have to lean and depend on Christ more than ever before. That's what makes me not 
live for myself and live independently from him. Like these, this is why you have those struggles and those tendencies to go to Christ more than ever before. And that's the that's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. That's the difference between somebody that'll make it to the New Jerusalem and somebody that'll be in a lake of fire. It's two different lifestyles. It's somebody that lives totally dependent and trusting the Lord for every every single thing in their lives, from the beginning and the end of their lives, from from the from whatever, the middle of their lives. I don't care. You always do it, right? And so, yeah, guys, he's your alpha and your omega. Without him, you're nobody. Like, this is the difference, man. So this is why you will make it to the lake of fire, because you don't care about that, right? So it's so much to say with that, but I'll, I'll leave it at that, man. I'm yeah. Done. Yeah, that's, man, that's good. That's powerful stuff. Man, what what a chapter, man. I'm so happy we did it, too, because, like, Revelation's 22, man. Mm-hmm. It's the last chapter of the Bible, guys. This is the last message God is trying to convey to us, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's so powerful. The last thing He wants to be told to you, like these are the last few verses in the Bible, right? That's so powerful. Like, did you guys get it? You heard, you heard. Be ready. You know, wherever state you find yourself in, that's the end. Like, you, that's the final state. So you're either gonna be in a hopeless state or a great state. Which state do you want to be in? And then you can't get there by yourself, by your own merit, because you're not perfect. Nobody is to say you don't sin is to say you're perfect. I don't, yeah. Wow. Like you made the right decisions with every single thing you did in life. So you're in the right career field. You're you're perfectly aligned with God's will for your life. Like you're basically saying you're God. Like you do everything that God would do if he was in your shoes. That is <laughs> You just lied right there, which is a sin. Right. All right, guys, that's the end of the video, man. I, I pray you guys enjoyed it, man. Uh, it's getting late. I started the video late. So thanks for Justin again for helping me out. So you guys make sure, show him some love. Go to his YouTube channel, watch all his videos, comment, subscribe, turn on a bell notification when you know he uploaded another video. But support him on there. And you can support him as well on uh, his Facebook page. So, again, you can DM us and let us know if you have any questions. Uh, about a Bible verse or any questions about anything, we'll do a video on it for you. Uh, so yeah, and then also here goes my social media pages. But this is my YouTube channel. Check out that. And then also I have a playlist on Revelation 22. I also have another playlist on Revelation 21. Y'all, do, you guys, make sure to check out that. We this is the eternal state, the new world order, how the final heaven and earth will be. This is Revelation 21, 22 again, then my social media page. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. You guys rock. All right, we're about to hit the hay and uh, work and grind because it's the weekend. You know, about to, some people about to go to sleep. Other people about to grind on their stuff. That's what I'm about to do. So, all right, guys, you guys have a blessed one. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for tuning in with us for Bible study again. So, peace out. Y'all stay blessed.